That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. This week we are going to take you on a four Jokers episode as we do a little review recaps of the recently ended Batman Three Jokers by Jeff Johns, Jason Fabok, and Brad Anderson, as well as James Tynan and Jorge Jimenez's Joker War. Joining us this week is Bat Force Tom in California. Howdy ho! Tease us in New York. You say four jokers, I say stop the count. Oh. <laughs> Big ballots. And the grumpler in New York. Yo. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And uh, let's get underway. What do we want to start there with here? So I think we're going to start with three jokers. So um, I think it's enough time. We're going to go spoilers, right? Yeah, fuck it. Definitely. And, yeah, and any anybody who's been listening to the show, obviously you've seen uh, uh you've seen you've heard uh, our two recent conversations with uh, Jason Fabok and also with Brad Anderson. So we've done a lot of Three Jokers talk, but largely stayed spoiler free in case anyone who hasn't uh, read it was listening. But I, I think we're at a safe point now that we can just go for it. It's been two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. for real. I think so. Right? Until yeah, at least a week and a half since the first, the last issue wrapped. Anyhow, um, so we wanted to kind of roughly talk about um, the current three Jokers uh, wrapping up, but also, I mean, I think it's such a, it was intended to be such a big book that it's like if we don't talk about this, we're kind of do it ourselves and the book of the service. So we're gonna start at the beginning. So three Jokers was birthed of an idea that Jeff Johns had rolling around in his head. Uh, he was working with Jason Fabic at the time. Um, they were on Justice League and uh, just knocking it out of the park with their Dark Side War um, run that they had on, on Justice League. And so on July 15th, 2015, in the issue of Justice League number 42, Batman sits on the Mobius chair. And that was when the first idea of being there being more than one Joker was kind of birthed because Batman asked to test and see if the Mobius chair actually tells the truth. He asked it first uh, who killed his parents, which it correctly answered as Joe Chill. And the second question he asked, um, you didn't hear what he said, but then he was kind of like saying, oh, that's impossible. And then, you know, they asked him, what did you ask it? And he goes, I asked him who the Joker was. And it said that there are three Jokers. So um, that was back in 2015. Summer of 2015 is when this this idea first came to pass, and um, that was five years ago. Okay, so so five flash forward a little bit. Um, 
this is kind of like a Jeff Johns timeline. So Johns then, um, Batman vs Superman hits theaters uh, almost a year later in March 2016. Um, that comes out. People are split down the middle. People love Batman vs Superman. There's another group of people that hated Batman vs Superman. Um, it did pretty damn decent at the box office with 800 million. Um, so it was kind of a success as far as making money so they greenlit another one however um you know the studio felt that it was way too dark they didn't like the direction that snyder was going in so as a result they put johns on the dceu mobius chair and he began kind of like the shot caller for all the dc movies um so that took him away from a lot of the comic book stuff because now he's running the studio side of the movie stuff and uh, obviously that's going to take a little bit more precedent because you can make way more money there and uh, you want that to kind of be an avenue where, you know, the uh, source material kind of channels into making more movie stuff. So, um, but, you know, he had already had in line plans for his comic book stuff, which had included then in May, uh, on May 25th, 2016, um, they relaunched uh, the DC line of books with uh, DC Universe Rebirth. So he had that um, oversized one shot that he did um that he wrote uh, basically rewriting the kind of course of dc comics uh they had come off of dc new 52 new 52 had done amazing with bringing in new readers it was selling really well but it kind of started to putter out and they had all these like books that were reintroducing old characters but, but they kind of never came back like um you know they were still missing wally west they were still missing uh, justice society they were still missing uh blue beetle um there's like no no real uh legend like uh legacy characters that people loved that hadn't been re reintroduced in, in new 52 or had kind of been erased because of the new 52 so jeff johns had this idea that he wanted to kind of get back to like the heart of dc comics so that was what rebirth was all about and Re rebirth like went huge like just like new 52 people loved it it brought in more readers people were excited to read again um they had this whole midnight launch it was great so then you know he jump starts that and he's involved in that and he kind of steps back a little bit more um still writing stuff and then in uh let's see here november of 2017 he's still working on the movie stuff however november 2017 justice league the film comes out and it just gets destroyed by critics it gets destroyed by fans um people are saying that you know they butchered snyder's original vision people are blaming joss whedon they're blaming jo uh, jeff johns for undercutting snyder there there's this whole campaign that starts to rise up about hating justice league release the snyder cut and all that starts in november 2017 so uh jeff johns is then removed from the dceu mobius chair um, and he's kind of kicked back down to comics. Um, he goes off and he starts his own, I guess, like a publishing company or his own division that has a contract with DC um, where he still writes DC Comics. He still works for DC Comics, but it's just in a different kind of like um, area. Fucking the rock over here flip, flipping us off. Um, and then uh, where are we at here? So then Batman Flash comes out uh, through issues 21 and 22 with the button. Um, which is kind of a continuation of um, what Johns was kind of doing, but it's also setting up the next event, which is going to be Doomsday Clock, and that's in April 2017. The button was not written by Johns. It was it was artwork by Fabic, and it was written by uh, Josh Williamson and Tom King, right? Mm, yeah. I think. 
but I think I think Johns was very much involved in like the direction of that because what was going on was Johns was kind of like tying into Batman run to what was going to happen in Doomsday Clock. And then eventually that was going to, you know, work also around to eventually three Jokers. So three Jokers is still kind of on the back burner. Uh, Fabic is pretty much doing work on three Jokers at that point um, on and off. Uh, and then in November 2017 through, oh, my God, dude. So for two years from November 2017 through December 2019, Doomsday Clock originally comes out in November of 2017, gets delayed over the course of two years. It goes monthly then it goes bi-monthly and then they stopped it for a couple of months and then they went back to bi-monthly um and it takes two years to come out for 12 issues so doomsday clock you know takes up a bunch of time that john's had um working with gary frank on that book and uh, that again you know has repercussions for the dc universe and then finally um in august of 2020 is when the first issue of Three Jokers comes out, and then the three issues then come out monthly. So like, boom, boom, boom. After five years, you know, talking about it, waiting for it, boom, 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 all in a row, three issues come out on time, um, on their dates, no delays, none of that. It just comes out, and um, that's where we are today. So after five years of waiting for this book, we finally get it, we finally see the art, and uh, I think... For the most part, like if you go online, you see the response to it. Like we put up a post on our Instagram and it's pretty much what we've been seeing is I, I think like 99 percent of people agree this is Jason Fabic's best work. It's like his the best work he's ever done. It's like the best traditional comic book art they've ever seen him do. Um, everyone's saying how great he is. Everyone's saying like this is this is the best book he's ever done. And um I think the the story wise, it's pretty much split. Like there's people saying they enjoyed it. There's other people saying that they didn't like it. They felt there's no payoff. They felt that nothing changes. Um, they felt like maybe it was too much hype. And listen, dude, five years of hyping a book, there's that's just nothing's gonna be able to give you the satisfaction of five years. Like it's just it's it's not possible. You can't possibly expect five years of hype to pay off. It's just not possible. Um and that's why I did this timeline, because I was like, man, like what happened over those five years? And uh, we I also forgot to mention that um, Grumpler is trying to cancel Jeff Johns online. <laughs> and there's this whole campaign. So if you guys follow Release the Snyder Cut, and if you know anybody who is like a Snyder Cut enthusiast or a cultist, whatever you want to call it, they are out for absolute blood for Jeff Johns, even before it was known like – kind of his involvement with the Snyder Cut or, or Justice League, people just hated him because he was a part of the team that brought on Joss Whedon and, and redid reshoots and then all that stuff. And so, you know, Zack Snyder has this gigantic cult following of fans and um, they just absolutely hate Jeff Johns because they think he's the Antichrist, which is funny because he has such a strong pedigree of comic book writing behind him that I think the comic book community that reads comics um, are probably a little bit more forgiving of the shit that he does on TV and, and movies because they might not even be paying attention to that anyway. Uh, but there's definitely two sides of the room where you fucking hate Jeff Johns and then you have over here where, you know, you might love him because he's written some of the best comics, arguably, you know, in the history of, of comics with Green Lantern and some of the other stuff that he's done. Um, what about Ray Fisher? Ray Fisher, yeah. So that happened this summer. So this summer, Ray Fisher comes out with allegations that uh, John Berg, Jeff Johns, Joss Whedon, and uh, Kevin Sushihara apparently 
uh, allowed for a really toxic environment to be made on the reshoots of Justice League. Uh, Jason Momoa even backed him up mm-hmm. on online on Instagram and I think on Twitter too. And Jason Momoa has probably been the second loudest voice uh, with that, saying that it was wrong, they were mistreated and that kind of thing. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I want to say he did a uh, an interview. Um, I don't remember with what publication. Um, but he finally kind of gives a little bit more light onto what he's talking about. And long story short, he he basically feels that there was a lot of uh, character or a lot of actors who were cut out, um, which happened to be, you know, people of color. There was the Adam played by an Asian character who got cut. Um, the actors playing his mom and dad. Uh, the dad was significantly cut. His mom was cut entirely. Uh, Iris West, who was in the film, her role got cut entirely. So he's kind of giving examples of how he felt that there was um, racism uh, amongst the producers and the uh, the scenes or however they cut the, the Snyder cut or the Justice League or the, the Whedon cut. They cut out a bunch of characters of color, but there was also toxicity as far as uh, he says that his career was threatened because – I, he doesn't say if he like he spoke out against what was going on or what happened, but basically there was a thinly veiled threat that he says was given to him from Jeff Johns and that he made a phone call to Kevin Sushihara and Kevin Sushihara attempted to protect Jeff Johns and throw Joss Whedon and John Berg under the bus because, you know, Jeff Johns has a, a very strong and long relationship with Warner Brothers and DC Comics and, you know, he's he's running some of the television shows right now with star girl and some of the other stuff. So big fucking mess with, um, the movie and TV stuff right now. And it's still ongoing. There's like an investigation and all that shit. So, um, and I I just wanted to clarify one bit. So as, as I understood it, yeah, Ray still hasn't spelled out everything. Like I read some of that interview you were referencing and he, he hasn't laid out everything that had uh, allegedly gone on on the set, but from what I understand is that uh, the real issue was, for the most part, was Joss Whedon, and then beyond that, it was that uh, Jeff Johns and John Berg were apparently uh, enabling uh, right. Joss to do this. You know, they were enabling this and protecting him. But right. again, I and I've been waiting through this whole thing just to find out what exactly happened because I would love to back Ray and you know say yeah that's not right, but I didn't know what the fuck happened. Like we've been hearing yeah. this for what a year more that you know this shit went down and yeah you you got to be on my side. Like I would love to be on your side, pal. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, he's only been he's only been speaking out since the beginning of the summer. I think. Uh, the Snyder Cut people have been saying this for a long time, but they don't know shit. Like, they're just going off of what they want to believe. But it's just kind of interesting that, coincidentally, uh, now Ray Fisher is speaking out. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I think I – think, uh, well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's, like, an open investigation and there's open litigation. So, yeah, I don't yeah think that's what I figured. Yeah. Can. He can't yeah, I, I was I was so, surprised he I was surprised he even did an interview about it because it was I thought open. that was crazy. Like and, if you got if you got a, a lawsuit pending and all this shit, like the, aren't the lawyers supposed to tell you not to say shit? Yeah. So I, I think he was a point he was trying to make was he doesn't want to be silent, so he's going to say as much as he can without giving too much away. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because you know, you don't want to, you don't want to believe that this shit's happening, but if it's happening, it's like fucked up and you don't want to support it. Um, yeah. 
And it, it might take until all of this comes out in court for us to hear everything. Cause right now, some of the, some of the things that we have heard are disputable, you know, like you can talk about things from an editorial standpoint. Oh, well that character's role was cut down because of runtime or this, or like the Iris West uh, actress I had heard before any of this went down because we had seen footage uh, before I think Joss Whedon came on to Justice League, we had seen footage showing Barry and Iris, showing Barry save Iris. Yeah. And what I, the news that came out following that at some point was that, oh, she was going to be cut out of the final film because that actress was now no longer slated to play Iris in the Flash movie. They were, they were going to use someone else. So they, so they had cut that scene. So, you know, it's, a lot of the stuff could they could make defenses about yeah. some of the claims that he's making. So we we might not hear the you know r- any real damning stuff that that may have gone on until after it's all it's all shaken out in court. What I do love is that there were a, a couple of people who used to say that Zack Snyder was racist and that he was pushing for an um uh what is it, an Aryan an Aryan like an Aryan feel to his Gotham and an Aryan feel to like his Amazonian war. And it's fucking like, dude, you got people talking about how they cut out all these people of color in a movie he was making. How the fuck can you say these races yeah. when he's putting, and, and that, that's like, why he cast, you know, a Polynesian Aquaman. And right. Then... Yeah. It's, it's just funny how there's all these allegations about people. And now that you see other ones come out, it's just kind of disproving a lot of other things. Anyways, Long story short, all that to say that it makes it makes sense as to why DC has not really did after five years and a lot of built up hype. They didn't really do. I mean, I know we were talking on off air how um, there is advertising for this book uh, in the current Batman run. There has been uh, I guess you guys said that there has been a commercial. They, I know that DC did that uh, for a couple other things like uh, metal. They made like some um, moving animation um commercials for it for like youtube and stuff like that so there is some marketing out there but um i felt personally like this book kind of came and went fast after uh all the hype like it just showed I agree up with you, you know on that aspect i, I don't think it, it got the marketing that other you know big projects no. get right and it, it makes sense now that we kind of, if you look at the timeline and you look at what happened uh, I guess it makes sense as to why maybe they wouldn't want to put Jeff Johns's name out, you know, on an end cap or something so big with DC underneath it or above it, because, you know, they're trying to be careful with this, all these allegations and these lawsuits and shit. So it's kind of a touchy subject. So it's unfortunate because fucking you got Jason Fabic who has given you the best work of his career on a book that's getting pushed down because of a bunch of other bullshit that's happening that he has nothing to do with. Um, which is unfortunate, but anyways, we'll get to it. Um, plus, so there's, um, sorry, just to jump in real quick. Um, plus, last year there was the whole acquisition of AT and T taking over yeah. the brothers DC. So if you really put all those puzzle pieces together, they're corporate. They're trying to move out what's selling. You know, at that time they're kind of, um, kind of they're kind of like fixing up the black label, which kind of put a halt. So, you know, that was projected to do really well. And now Fabric is pushed out even more because of this corporate change. So it's like, it all yeah. makes sense to well, them. If you buy, something, and you buy something and then 
and then you know somebody this guy Jeff Johns has a problem or something maybe you know AT&T or whatever doesn't want to be associated with whatever he has going on with the previous regime right who who knows I mean yeah it's fucked up because you're right you have this huge acquisition you have these new heads of whatever you know scared you're they're scared they're scared because the last group was fired because you lost so much money and they made, you know, these big decisions that resulted in a big loss of money. Now you're in charge. So what are you going to do? You better not fucking lose any more money. And then you got this book. Make more. Yeah. You got this book, Three Jokers, which if you've read through it, um, it's a it's it's changing a lot of shit that a lot of people might not like. A lot of comic book readers might not be ready for. So it's a big change. So if you put all your eggs in that basket, oh, fuck, like, are we going to risk losing all these like readers who don't like how the end of it is? So it's, it's a it's a shame that so much fear is pushing down a project that uh, was meant to kind of rattle people, I think. And because yeah. it does that, just like Black Label, fucking Warner doesn't want anything to do with it. You know, they don't want to rattle people's cages. Uh, I'm here to rattle people's cages. Um, they want to. They want everything to be like nice and neat. And so, you know, Black Label stuff like this uh, is is too much in the, in the other direction. But um, getting to let's give a little bit of a summary of the three issues as best as we can without like just fucking going an hour into each uh, book because. You know, we got a little something coming up where we're going to do that, hopefully. We don't want to give that too much, but we're going to go through something a little cool. If, if it all pans out, I think uh, we'll go, we'll dive into this stuff a lot deeper, and it's going to be way cooler than anything that we're going to do right now, I think. Um, so first issue, uh, the art is fucking tremendous, like we mentioned. Um, Storyline-wise, you got Batman, you got Batgirl, you got Red Hood, um, and they're all kind of talking about the fact that Batman has this lead on the fact that there's three Jokers. Um, long story long, uh, you don't know what's going on, but people are ending up dead. People are ending up missing. Um, they end up at an aquarium. Jason Todd fucking blast. Spoiler alert, guys. Jason mm-hmm. Todd blasts one of the fucking Jokers through the head, kills him dead. Uh, that's the last page of the issue. Fucking crazy. Red Hood just killed the fucking Joker. Uh, however, there's possibly two more out there. So you. You don't know which one this was. You don't know if it's the original. You don't know if it's imposter. You don't know what. Um, second issue comes, and you learn a little bit more. Batman's give, giving you more backstory about the fact that um, they're trying to figure out, you know, Joker's been throughout history, possibly three different Jokers. Um, the criminal, the clown, the – what was the other one? Criminal, the clown. The comedian, yeah. Comedian. Um, and I believe that they killed who – who did Red Hood kill? I think it was killed. the clown. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it was the clown. The yeah, the, yeah, he killed the old one. Right, right. And so, second issue, uh, it ties in with the fact that um, somehow Joe Chill is involved because uh, Joe Chill goes missing from his cell at Blackgate. You learn that he's got cancer. You're feeling sorry for him. Uh, you're tying in Batman's origins now into this a little bit more closely with Joker. Also, you learn that Joker knows who Batman is. Batman is Bruce Wayne. Joker also knows who all the Bat family is, uh, which has kind of been hinted at through various incarnations of the Joker in books. Um, and the very end, the very end of the, the second issue, I think, is when you start realizing that they're trying to kidnap people. Is it the second issue that ends with them figuring out they're trying to create a third Joker? 
I think I think so. Yeah, that might have been uh, book two. I'm yeah, I'm having trouble remembering the timeline because I read them most recently all together. Let's just say it is. So, uh, book two, you know, they figure out they're trying they they figure out a way to make more jokers, and that's why there's three is because there's originally one, then they he made two more, and then he's trying to figure out the perfect fucking mix to make three. And then also also in this issue, you realize that. Um, you're seeing him like dig up people to to create and try to to uh, uh, experiment on how to make a third one, and he's already tried, or they've already tried, and they've failed because every time they try to make a third Joker, it goes sideways, and um, you're just not getting the perfect one. So that's how Joe Chill comes in, and kind of end of issue two, beginning of issue three, you realize Joker believes the best Joker. They're trying to make the best Joker, and the best Joker that they could possibly make is one that is tied so closely to Batman. It's literally the fucking guy that made him. So what they're going to do is they're going to make Joe Chill into the third Joker and replace the the Joker that he killed, make him the best Joker, all this shit. Uh, You learn that the criminal is kind of the mastermind, the brains behind the operation, and he was the one that was uh, kind of pushing for all this to happen. So book three is... Um, him kind of taking up the reins of the whole uh, thing. And this is kind of where you see um, you go to the Monarch Theater again. We have a scene in the Monarch Theater where uh, they release all these Jokers that have been created by the Joker Jokers. And so it's all these Gothamites that are now spilling out of the theater who are all been Joker toxins and zombie Jokers, basically, which we were talking off air again. And I was like really fucking like sad that it was uh taken from like the pages of the batman run that we're currently reading and i was like fuck like this is like kind of anticlimactic because just what fabric was talking about in one of the last episodes that we had him on which uh major plug for that by the way uh, if you want to hear him talk about it he mentions how uh him and johns were kind of bummed out that they were uh doing things in this book that they had been planning for a long time there there's some images and things popping up in the main Batman line, and this is exactly it. You got fucking multiple Jokers in the Monarch Theater. Um, and then in Death Metal, you also have Joe Chill popping up with Batman getting involved with talking to Joe Chill and figuring out what he's doing. Um, so flash forward. Um, at the end of book three, Batman is trying to save Joe Chill from getting turned into another Joker. Um, the criminal gets killed again. The criminal Joker gets killed. Does he get killed? He does get killed, right? Yeah, yes, because it's yeah, killed. By what is by what I believe to be the uh, the original Joker who created comedian, the others. right the comedian yeah yeah so comedian kills criminal Joker um, because comedian just loves chaos and all that shit and he he said he was too serious and and it wasn't fun and now he gets to kill now he gets to kill um, that Joker now they all get to die together or whatever the fuck. Of course, Batman, you know, no, <laughs> no. So Batman saves the day. Batman forgives Joe Chill, saves Joe Chill. Um, behind all of this, Red Hood is trying to bang Barbara um, because they kissed <laughs> after after he kills Joker. It turns Barbara Gordon on so much that she makes <laughs> out with him. So they make out and, you know, just intensifies a, uh, a relationship, I guess, that he or a. a a crush that he has on Barbara. Barbara's hot, by the way, and she's also hot in this. She, um, props to Fabric for making me uh, hot for a comic book character again. Um, but yeah, so it, it's basically issue three ends with um, criminals dead. Um, the the Joker that uh, supposedly made the other two um, talks about what happened and how he did it, how they did it. 
uh, Joe Chill gets saved. Batman forgives Joe Chill. So it kind of like brings it full circle and is supposed to repair the trauma that has been caused to him since his origins of becoming Batman. Um, but then like, I think there was like this anticlimactic moment where I was like, this is how it fucking ends. Are you serious? What the fuck? But then it kind of gives you a little bit of extra that shows that what actually happened at Joker's origin was that um, he was so freaked out for in the killing joke. He was so freaked out during the killing joke that, um, you know, he was getting crazy with his wife. His wife was pregnant. Um, he, he was going to do this crazy crime to help his family because he was a failed comedian his wife got so scared that she goes and fucking rats on him to the cops. Bitch, did you really? She goes and rats on him to the cops. And so when she rats on him on the cops, um, they show this whole like side story that that happened during the time of Killing Joke where the cops take her into this witness protection program. They put her in Alaska. She has a baby in Alaska. They make it seem as if she blows up in a in an accident and that the wife and the kid are dead when in reality joker has a fucking baby out there he's got a little son with his wife still alive in alaska which uh i i totally didn't realize that in the first issue it makes it seem like joker is having a hallucination of having his own second issue he's having his own little family and then he's having this like breakfast with and shit and it real you realize he's manifesting his actual family in this hallucination but um anyways that's how it ends. Basically, three Jokers uh, completely changes and alters the origin story of uh, the actual Joker from Killing Joke. It says now that there's a possible Joker child out there with a wife who are still alive. Bruce Wayne knows who they are. Bruce Wayne is potentially, uh, you know, the one who is supporting their life in Alaska as it shows him going to visit them. Uh, telling Wayne them has always known, apparently. Uh, yeah, so that was a huge thing too. Is he's always known that this is who Joker is. He's always known who Joker was. He's always yeah, known. yeah. He's he's known since uh, a week after he showed up on the scene. There. So yes. a, a week after uh, Killing Joke. So that's the. I mean, we we embellished a lot. We we sped it up very much. Um, we missed a lot of things too. But that's kind of like the bones of the storyline. Um, in my opinion, like. It's crazy because, I mean, we'll get into it. Like, we'll, we'll open it up. Let's just open it up. Let's open it up. Um, let's start with the art. All right. This artwork. Uh, teases. What do you think about this artwork? Um, you know, I want to kind of tie back to what you said in, in our chats during the week. Like, every single panel could be a print, like you said. You know, it's like everything is so fine-tuned and it's hard to pass on every little page without trying to hit every little frame because fabric has just fine-tuned every little piece and it, it's perfect you know i don't think you can get any better than what what he did and obviously you know there was a lot of time being worked on and i think <clears throat> the benefit to this whole thing being um prolonged was we got also these amazing covers but I don't think you can get any better. And, you know, I, I think the, um, Anderson's work really, like, puts this together with the color. I think that's what really takes it to the next level. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a really amazing homage to uh, The Killing Joke. You know, I feel like it's 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 a reimagination, and it's kind of, go like you said, it's going forward to what The Killing Joke did so many years ago that it's kind of like a revisiting, you know, like, it's it's really great. Yeah, it's uh, I, 
I like that you say uh, you mentioned the coloring because um, I feel like sometimes the art is great and then sometimes the colors don't really do justice to the art. This is like fucking top notch. Co- I mean, I was like, man, the mood in this is so good. It's so dark and gritty, but there's brightness to it, too. So, yeah, props to Brad Anderson on the colors. Fucking phenomenal. Um, Grumps, artwork, yes. what do you think? Oh, man, I mean, this, you know, this is perfection. Yeah. It's, it's you know, for me, like, <clears throat> I said this, I think, when, when Jay was on with us, like, you don't, personally, I don't want anybody else drawing Batman and Joker <laughs> again. You know, I know you kind of have to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and the colors and the the covers, um, you know, I, I don't know how familiar uh, people are with a lot. There was a, a bunch of Killing Joe covers. You know, years, and this was you know 1988, so it was, it was before the whole, you know, before the you know millions of variants and stuff like that. So I think it, I don't know, it went upwards of 13 yeah. printings or something like that. Wow! And you know, just the the embossed letters and I, I don't know, just everything about this book, um, you know, from from Jay and Brad is is top-notch amazing and, and it really takes you back took me back to 88 and, and the killing joke yeah i i uh i agree as far as um it's hard to see anybody drawing a better batman a better batman book at this point i feel like the only thing you can get that would be somewhat cool you gotta go stylized so like you know, like a, a Murphy, something that's not like a traditional. It's more yeah, of like yeah, a yeah. stylized approach. That's the only way you're going to get like cooler. I don't even know if you want to say better, but something that's as cool is something different, you know. And right now, uh, uh, Georgie Jimenez, Jorge Jimenez on the Batman run is an example of like a stylized approach where yes. it's like you you can't you can't get better than fabric. So you don't try, you know, um, you got to do something different. You got to make it look different and cool. And he's doing that with Batman right now, which is like, yeah. you know, it's got its own cool. Like, man, Grumps, I almost feel like, um, and this is a big statement, but I almost feel like Fabric is like the new Neil Adams for our generation. Man. That's a, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I, I, I think you can call him a couple things. Like, I, I think you can say Neil Adams. I think you can also use Jim Lee in that. In yes, that absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Finch. You know, yeah. I think he came on right after Finch. Uh, I forget what book it was in New 52. I don't it was, was it Gotham Knights or something like that? I know he was on Detective Comics during New 52. They kind of, didn't they kind of go one after the other? It was, it was almost seamless. Like, oh, well, they, they worked style. together. They worked together on uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. Yeah, it was Dark Knight. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you could say, you know, like you, uh, Robin said, Jim Lee or, or, or Finch or man or neil adams even yeah it's It's, a treat you know it's definitely a treat throwing it back to new 52 real quick to give new 52 some props we had uh greg capullo on the main batman run we had uh david finch on batman dark knight we had tony daniel on detective comics um and that was all within the same like month or two of each other of each other and and also uh pat gleason on batman and robin oh fuck Dude, and Chris Bernal on Batman Incorporated. If you want to go all the way, there you go. And <laughs> yeah. with yeah, with Grant Morrison on that too. So, uh, talk about some some amazing stuff coming out at the same time. But um, yeah, man, I, Fabic is just Robin. Your thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, if if we're going to talk about the the legacy that this was following, so this is clearly uh, largely a spiritual follow-up to The Killing Joke. You know, it, it recaptured the feel of it with the way they did the the covers. Like like Grump said, that uh, that raised lettering on the title. Uh, so Brian Boland was sort of the benchmark for Joker art. And now that... I feel like that torch has been passed to not only Jason Fabek, but also Brad Anderson. The The way that these two work together is so perfect. And we, when we had Jay on last, we spoke to him about working with Brad. And when we had Brad on, we spoke with him about working with Jay and hearing the two of them talk about the way, the, the way they see each other's art reveals why they work so perfectly together they they give the same level of attention to the same details like we we heard them both discuss the the different points of light and the different angles and how brad loves that jay uses these spaces leave spaces for him to to put in this this lighting you know from 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 multiple angles and all this and they work so perfectly together in so many ways and uh, it's really but like brad's colors we we're talking about how good the art is on this but you can also look past this for how good brad is at what he's doing uh brad was also the colorist on gary frank's work on doomsday clock that jeff johns also wrote so you you're really seeing what the pedigree of his colors are and just how well he and Jay work together. I, I don't know who's going to beat them without, like you said, without just going for a strong style. Guys like like Sean Murphy, Matteo Scalera, Lieber Mayo, you know, these guys that just have one of those styles that as soon as you see it, you know it's their work. Uh, Jay and Brad are creating what is sort of that traditional comic comic art. That's why I, I <clears throat> compare it to Jim Lee, because that's what Jim Lee was. Like, Jim Lee was... <laughs> the definition of comic book art you know that that tr where the traditional accepted style of comic art had evolved to was jim lee and now i sort of feel that role has been taken by these guys yeah um i i think at this point i, I think we'd all agree that he has surpassed jim lee as far as just um consistency and i guess um oh man like impact like when you open up a page and you look at his his work you're like oh my god um jim's just not as active right now you know with anything as far as like ongoing stuff so um he's kind of just taken on that role of co-publisher and but I, I mean i don't know maybe maybe this is kind of what people felt like the first time jim lee took on batman and hush you know when they're cracking open hush for the first time and he's doing like harley quinn he's doing uh, riddler he's doing joker he's doing you know you know kind of like a rolodex of greatest hits people in, in that book and people are like oh my god this is so amazing um that's kind but of that's one difference I, I can pick out one difference from what jay and brad are creating in three jokers to what jim lee was doing though jim lee sort of did a strong style with some of his characters and that might be what allows me to say that these guys are sort of usurping that spot because Jim did have some of his takes on characters did turn some people off. Like I know not everyone loves Jim's Joker with the piano key teeth and, and the long nose, you know, and the, the chin and everything like the strong features that it, his Joker is pretty stylized. Or the and dragon I know tattoo. That, 
yeah, there you go. The, the Joker with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> uh, I know some people have uh, you know, taken issue with those particular style choices over the years, but everything yeah. with what Jay and Brad are doing, it is so, it's just subtle and sort of textbook. Like if, if you were going to do a textbook of what Batman and Joker and Batgirl and Jason Todd looked like, it's going to look like this book. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, teases, what do you give your rating for the comic book art in this book? <clears throat> oh, it's, it's an easy, uh, 11 out of 10. Oof. It's really flawless. There's, oh. I, if you flip through everything, there's literally, I don't think there's one character that is not, that doesn't exceed expectations, you know, like, like you said, Barbara Gordon or, you know, Batgirl is amazing. Um, down to Gordon. I mean, um, I think one of my favorites is, um, Jason Todd. I think they really, um, you know, they, he really went above and beyond with him and, I like the part where they do the little uh, flashback from, you know, the original story or Death in the Family. <clears throat> you know, that they just cross over so nicely in, in that black and white. And again, that goes back to Brad's work, but <clears throat> the whole black and white scenes, how it has the ability to really jump back and forth and give it <clears throat> to these classic stories that everyone um, is familiar with. So. It's, yeah. it's it's perfection and i really uh i want to give it another read uh straight through um you really just can't ask for anything better um yeah yeah the, you know um, i want to say before yeah, like real quick can, yeah. can we just i'm sorry to cut you off to oh, jump in um the you know the killing joke brian boland did the art and the colors and uh as a matter on, of fact, yeah he, he, did, he, did, he did the colors on the twice. uh anniversary edition he, he yes. didn't cover the original. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yes. So he had, he had uh, I guess, updated the colors and, and, and whatever. So it's, you know, to these, to, you know, Brad and, and Jason to, to meet that, you know, historic level of uh, mm. is, is really amazing. Um, I would, I would probably go, oh man, art. I want to go back. I don't know what we've given like the, the highest so far, but yeah, this, I mean, the thing that's so impressive is when you have to break it up like that, when you, when you trust your art with a colorist and you know that they're going to do a great job, that's a big thing. Um, and the fact that like, there is literally nothing I can think of wrong and everything's perfect too. Um, I'd have to say like 10 out of 10 easily. Like it's just, this is, this is the perfect example of the comic art, what you were saying. Um, can't beat it really. So grumps your thoughts on the art. Out of uh, out of a grumpler rating system, of oh, the the art, oh, yeah. shit. Um, usually I do five out of five. I could go ten, you know, a hundred out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know just amazing. Like they they uh, just amazing. These guys are at the top of their game. Like right now, this is prime. Mm. You know, Michael yeah. Jordan shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Robin. Uh, Rating scale, Canadian rating scale. Keep, please keep in consideration <laughs> the conversion rate. Uh, so I, I think I have to. Uh, I think that's about a, a thirteen out of thirteen to uh, equal a ten out of ten on uh, on American. But uh, yeah, it's it couldn't be improved. Uh, it, it's 
technically i think flawless but it's more it goes beyond being technically perfect it because you have more than it just being technical it still has the feeling that you you might worry if someone is going for too technically perfect there might not be any feeling to it but with uh, the the paneling being so perfect the way the the visual storytelling is being told panel to panel and the depth the the weight of Brad's colors you know everything is he uses a lot of color but everything is still really deep and dark colors yeah and yeah. It, it, i really don't know what i i could uh, say could be improved on uh, on either aspect of it alone the the penciling the paneling the colors or any of them together you i don't think you could ask for something to be better if um if you're going to give somebody a christmas present that hasn't read this book or has anything any understanding of the book just for art alone this is like you can't beat a christmas present like this as far as artwork so and, i would definitely and suggest really that. if you haven't go back and listen to our conversation with brad anderson there are things that he discussed that he was doing with the colors that no matter how much you loved the art while you were reading the book there are because everything flows so smooth you might not even know what it is you're enjoying so much yeah. but he he talks yeah. about these things you know what what he was doing what they were doing together and how he would you know plot out you know what's happening on this page versus what's going to happen you know 8 pages later and then how they're going to intersect when the those two scenes appear on the same page five pages after that and yeah just it it allows you to notice so much more um really got i know it's so simple it, it might seem so simple but big shout out on the covers of these books um especially with the with the colors because um, if you look at the black and white images that that Fabic has been kind of sharing and posting for probably close to a year now of the covers, it looks they look amazing. But then once you saw them in their full color detail, the hues, the lighting, um, the little just the little things that he did on these covers was just like, boom, you know, and again, it's such a simple image, but it's so impactful the way that he was able to kind of put like the emotion of that on to just a simple cover. Um, and that we had that consistency. Yeah. And that we had that consistency of there. Yeah. There were so many covers, but they were all essentially the same thing. Like we were seeing the exact same view of Joker, but just all these different iconic versions of them. And thank you to DC for letting jay and brad do all these covers themselves because it made yeah. it something more special than if it was you know just an event book like dk3 or you know detective 1000 whatever where there were you know a hundred different covers from a hundred different artists it just made it something that was this cohesive event because it was all done by the the same core creators yeah, yeah um before we hop off the art, we almost should have done the art last because everyone <laughs> is. I feel I feel bad like putting the best up front, but before we get off the art, um, definitely have to uh, talk a little bit about some of the Easter eggs that he put in there. Um, some of the ones that I kind of geeked out over, 
um, that I hope you guys caught was obviously, you know, the 89 nods to the suit, um, the, the returns emblem on the, on the, the logo, um, the Keaton belt, the Keaton boots, the Keaton gauntlets. Um, but he, I love how he does his own touch for the cowl. Like that's a, that's a fabric cowl. And, um, but what I loved is, uh, he put the goons from the beginning of 89 in the book. Um, so the two, the two muggers, from uh, 89 are in this book as joker henchmen and uh, i think it's red hood who's like beating the fuck out of them and interrogating them and you see him kind of uh intimidating them to get more information so those dudes are in there which is amazing and then um there is a scene in either book two or three um where they're showing you like polaroids of all these people that joker has killed to an to attempt to make new jokers and it's showing like all their occupations and uh what they do for a living before he killed them and it shows one of them the surgeon and it's it looks very much like the surgeon who recreated the joker smile in 89 after he falls in the vat when his uh uh what do you call it tendons or whatever are severed um, it's the the kind of, you know, um, Russian looking dude with the glasses and the curly um, skullet uh, that's in that image. So I was like, oh, fuck, I hope that's the that's the surgeon from 89. You know, um, I don't know if you guys did you guys find any other little Easter eggs like that? Any teases that, that matched? I mean, obviously, he almost recreated panels from Killing Joke, too. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there were there were a lot of homages to moments and uh, just iconic art from over the years. I think my favorite one is probably right in the beginning of issue one, uh, where he did the Alex Ross thing, you know, Alex yeah. Ross's scars piece, where you, we see Batman's back all covered in scars. Oh yeah, 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 that was dope. So um, he did the thugs from '89, and yeah, this where where uh, Red Hood is trying to figure out where the other Jokers are, um, and he's like in the, being the, in the cemetery. Yeah, in the cemetery. I don't remember if it was. I, I just remember that he's like. Uh, he also puts the Joker van from '89. Yeah. Um. So he like. I can't remember if that's what he found, but he found two thugs, and it's the dude with the cap and the corduroy jacket and the little dangly earring with curly hair, and it's the other dude with the with the cap, the the knit beanie who looks all coked out or methed out. Oh yeah. 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 yeah so. <laughs> So he did both those dudes and I'm like, fuck yeah. So, um, and then, um, yeah, he just, I mean, he paid homage to a bunch of other things that like you were saying. I so. liked, uh, I enjoyed from issue one that the, the two guys from the killing joke that, that, you know, putting a joker up to the, to the red hood crime yeah. and all that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I think, uh. Another another one I got to shout out, another image that I fucking thought was so badass is when Red Hood, uh, Batgirl, and Batman are descending upon the Monarch Theater, and there's like a whole page where there's no dialogue. It's just Batman motioning to yeah. Red Hood and to Barbara, like, where to go. Yeah. Um, and that is just so fucking, like, the, the imagery, great. it's fucking amazing. Um, and the Fab also talked a little bit about how there was times when um jeff would describe like a page and there'd be no dialogue it'd just be like this is what they're doing this is they're talking you know this character is talking to that character this character is doing this but literally there's no story or dialogue that he had to work off of so he just like did his thing and uh i i hope we uh we kind of figure out a little bit more which pages those were because i remember thinking like how the fuck does this guy do this not knowing what the story is like half the time so um that's what fun. about um 
sorry, uh, from issue one. There's the, the there's the one full page. Uh, I think it's an homage to uh, Joker's first appearance, where he has his his fists are together and his yeah. index fingers are are you know are yeah. touching underneath his nose. That's uh, right. I yeah, think it's from Batman yeah, number one. That yeah, that is yeah. fucking great. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Um, there was something else. Oh fuck, issue two, I think, in the aquarium when he puts what's the Joker's little uh. Sidekick, uh, gaggy, gaggy. Book yeah. yeah, book one he is threw the gaggy in part. there. So another another huge nod to uh, to very early Joker appearance where he had a sidekick. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know if that's I don't know where or when he's been used again or mentioned, but obviously that's a huge throwback. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't been used forever. Yeah, and like he um, he was old. Like I I think his first appearance was I, we probably talked about it on a previous episode, but it was something like. Batman 186 or something like it was it was a long time ago yeah um so it was just it's it was fun to see Fabic have fun with the art on this that was like it was just a treat um so getting to the story um I have a feeling that we're probably going to echo a lot of what we've seen online which is kind of split uh kind of love hate with the story because uh taken into consideration you got five years of expecting this book talking about this book between actually you know thinking about it talking about it reading it and now having it and i i really feel like they just they pushed this out so fast after five years like just boom 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 like i wouldn't have minded getting one book every two months to kind of marinate a little bit more but Mm -hmm. um storyline teases how did you feel about the story we went over it really fast like i said we're probably going to dissect it more later some other episode but as far as story, like, how'd you feel about the story on this book? Um, I think um, the beginning kind of had you hooked, and um, like we said before, I felt like it was a little anticlimactic because I felt like at the end it got a little vague. But um, you know, it it started off really strong with um, Red Hood killing uh, one of the Jokers, and we're kind of up in awe, you know, like. And he kind of says, I hope I got, the, you know, the right one. And then um, to me, I, I was kind of really hooked on what was going on with um, the whole Joe Chill story. Um, you know, to me, I, I think of the story and I'm like, this is really about. Um, I don't want to say PTSD, but it's like closure, you know, like I felt like Batman got closure with coming to terms with saving Joe and um Red Hood is also looking for closure too, and he really didn't get it. So, some people got it, some people didn't. Mm. Um, overall, you know, I got a lot out of the book, um, and of course, you know, the art really helps it. But to me personally, I felt like it felt a little short at the end. But I, I want to give it another read. Um, overall, you know, I thought the story was good, but at the end, it kind of uh, it just came off a little short, in my opinion. Mm. But, uh, Coming up a little short, okay. A little not, short. Not, not but, quite at 270, okay. Yeah, but, you know, you, you kind of clarified it before. Like, the whole thing that um, Bruce is trying to keep his family, uh, Joker's family, kind of, like, on the wraps and, um, you know, in protection, to me, that makes sense. So, once you said that, I was like, you know what, yeah, that I mean, that is a pretty decent ending. And I think once that settles in, uh, people will really be happy with the series at whole, you know? Mm. 
Um, are you prepared to give a final tally right now for a for a vote on uh, your rating of this, or do you need a recount? You need time for a recount. Um, I'm gonna give one, and then in uh, <gasps> at, at the end, I'll I'll demand a recount. Okay. What's your what's your uh, what's your rating? Is, are we going out of ten for storyline? Yeah, however you want. Yeah, story. Um, line. I'm gonna go. I'll go a solid. Uh, mm. How many t-shirts? How many tees? Damn. Yeah. I'm gonna say like. I'm gonna give it a seven. Oh, seven out of ten. Okay. Maybe. I'm 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 like I'm I'm like seven and a half, but you can't really do half of a T. So. No, you can. All right, we'll we'll do seven and a half. You got a cutoff. You got you got six <laughs> and a cutoff. Like a crop top. Damn. Okay. So teases teases has been teases goes to John's. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. I thought teases was gonna be a flip, but never mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, Grumps. This time I've been I've been waiting I've been waiting for you to sink your teeth into this one. Yeah, I feel like you've been picking on me to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I, to to be fair, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I've uh, just I've just been I've been I've been I've just been lighting the fire. I just want I wanted you to come out strong for this episode. That's all it was. Uh, you know, dude, I I liked the first two issues because I was you know. Real they both quick, had different feels quick, to, to it. To give some background, I yeah. have been giving the Grumpler so much shit, <laughs> like in DMs and just saying I've been calling him names. I've been yeah. saying, what did I call you, racist at one point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyways, I've been waiting. No, 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 go ahead, no, no, go ahead. Pour a little more whiskey here, here before I get, get started. Should little true syrup. Um, and no, please, I really, I really love the first two. The Don't first two issues I thought were great. Yeah, they just didn't stick the. I'm um, not they. Um, Jeff Johns didn't stick the landing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you know some of the things you mentioned earlier. He effectively erases the the Killing Joke origin of the Joker mm-hmm. on the very last page of the book, um, where you know that whole. We've we've been, we've been since 1988. We've been I don't what is that 32 years whatever it is. We've been going on one bad day, one bad day, one bad day, and this last page throws that out the window. Um, where they you know put the wife in some witness protection and and whatever. I'm not even talking. He he does that. He erases that 32 years in, in two panels, or three whatever, and um, then they effectively. You know, erase the last five years of, you know, the three Jokers. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, but what is? But the Joker's name isn't isn't what isn't what's important. It, it has never been. So, so what are we doing here? I <laughs> I have been waiting five years. Now you just told me it's not important. I like how you, you mentioned. Really? <laughs> I didn't stop to think about that. Over thirty years of. Uh, the over 30 years of, of kind of adhering to the understanding of that kind of origin. Yeah, which and, has been said, that's not the definitive, you know. Right. But, we, you know, fans took it as you know, that. Yeah. And and writers, too, I feel like you don't yes. they, they they don't fuck with that. They go with it, you know, and I, I don't I can't remember one writer who didn't treat it as canon afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Unless they're writing some sort of Elseworlds or something. Um. Did you feel that he was gonna go somewhere that didn't? Did he feel like he, yes. he led 
Yeah. I've, you know, I thought, I kind of thought there's no way that Jason Todd survives this story. Oh my God. I thought the same fucking thing. Cause it was, um, you know, uh, I said on the pre with, on the show with Jay, they kind of weave, it's more killing joke, but they also weave death in the family in there, which, which is great. And, um, I was like, how the fuck is this guy going to survive this? Uh, you know, it just, it wouldn't make sense. But then he did the whole friend zone thing or, you know, <laughs> romance. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, are we really doing this? That one hit me too close to home. <laughs> that kind of, <laughs> I, look, I agree with you. She's a smoking and, and that, uh, you know, Jason Faybox yeah. to draw a Batgirl as well while he's at it, right? But, yeah. um, man, it just, oh, it was. I don't know. It just didn't hit. And then the Joe Chill thing, which I have a huge problem with. Um, yeah, you don't you don't like him fucking with Joe Chill. You, I think you said uh, uh, because now we're sympathetic. Now he has cancer, and now <laughs> and, and you know you know Batman has to save him because that's what he does. But now we oh he's an old man and he has cancer and he feels bad and man you kind of look. This was just a random boom boom event in an alley. Yeah, I, I kind of I feel like just leave that shit alone and don't, right. don't yeah overthink I did, it. I did see you say that on uh, on the chat. I remember you saying um, they need to leave Joe Chill alone because it the importance of it is how random and yes. quick it was to Batman's origin. Yeah, uh, I wish I could say I disagree with you, Grumps. I wish I could say that uh, this is like every other time when I have to hold up my. Uh, my sign and protest against you <laughs> and uh and you know storm storm the uh the convention center and say stop the count grump stop the count um but i'm i, I gotta say that um yeah i think that there were t- I, when i was reading it i was like oh they're gonna fucking kill jason todd dude they're gonna fucking yeah. kill this motherfucker and um i almost like wanted it i almost wanted yeah. them to and i was gonna I tell I told myself I'm like, is this okay? Like, if they do this, is this gonna be okay? And I was like, fuck it, fuck, I'm, I'm with them. Like, I'm I'm rocking with it. Let's fucking go. Because and, you uh, feel like if they do it, there's gonna be a riot in the streets. And I wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> I want it. Give me the fucking riot. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you guys. Hey, you Red Hood fans, fuck you. Because <laughs> Red Hood in the comics has not been Red Hood. Like, I mean, maybe I'm going off of just the suit. I hate that suit that they've had the last like three or four years. But oh, I, I just feel like. One. Yeah, this one was dope as fuck. Yeah. This is this like the suit when he has the helmet on, when he takes it off, all of yeah. it. It was amazing. He looked fantastic. And I was ready. I was ready for him to fucking kill him again. Bro, I, I swear to God, I would even have been okay with it going to the conspiracy theory of them just making him the third Joker. That would have been like if they did that, it would have been so stupid and crazy that I would have been fine with it too. I, but they didn't do it. And I think they no. hinted a little bit. Uh, but they didn't end up. And issue two, they they had him kidnapped and naked. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did get naked. Yeah. That was dope. Um. <laughs> anyways, no, so, yeah. Gordon I, was naked. I think you know. Um. How did you, well? Did you read? Did you read the Batman? The main Batman run? Yeah, you did. I did. It just kind of didn't do anything for me, so I kind of was just glancing over. I was. I was. You know, like we said earlier, they were side by side. Did you feel you know? robbed with that stuff? Yeah, because I was like, I didn't care because I was yeah. into this three jokers and let's see what they're going to do. And, and the first two issues did not disappoint at all. 
So right. I was I was distracted to be honest. I wish yeah. I wish I hadn't have read the the Joker War stuff as yeah. I was reading this stuff. I, I could, because I feel like too. it really yeah. really undercut the significance of uh, some of the imagery. But um, that's neither here nor there. Um, Grumps, what are you putting on your scale system for this, or do you need a recount at a later date? No, I'm gonna stay. You know, I'm gonna stick to this one. Um, I usually do five, so I'll do. In terms of story, I'll do three out of five because wow. I really like the first two, in particular the second book, which you know, I, I like. I said with Jay when we had Jay on, it was it was intense, and then um, man, the the third book just brings it down for me. Just so it's right. three out of five. Three out of five. I mean, that's still that's bringing it down a little to a low, a low sixty percent, which isn't bad considering. Uh, so six out of ten for you mathematicians. Right. So <laughs> that's that's right around where Teases was. So we're still rocking at a, like a low sixty percent right now, which is I, I'm impressed that we're even that high. Um, real quick, I would have to say, I'm I'm gonna go crazy and controversial and say I I need to recount. I need to read this a couple more times. I need to soak it up a few more times because there's parts of the story that I really really loved. Um, I loved what they started to do with Jason Todd. I wanted them to fucking kill him. I loved seeing him getting tortured. I loved watching the Joker have pleasure in torturing him again. Um, I loved that uh, they, and again, I wish they wouldn't have done it in the main Batman title because I feel like it would have been so much more impactful. I love the Monarch Theater shit. I love filling that shit up with zombie Jokers. I love seeing the zombie Jokers popping out and fighting everybody. I love anytime anything is like on fire and falling apart for some reason. I love that. So like the theater, like the United States right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All our international. <laughs> yeah. I love the scene of the Monarch theater, like beams falling fire and shit. And you know, everything's falling off around them. And you know, Joker wants to die with everybody. I love that shit. Um, as far as the, the the I didn't expect so I thought I thought it was going to be even worse I thought they were just going to leave us with Batman saves the day uh, Jason lives the Joker you know doesn't get away from what he's trying to do and then they just and I'm like man they're really just going to end it like this so when they did the whole Joker uh, origin the whole killing joke thing and they rake the recon that stuff I was like holy shit they got balls like they got massive balls to think that any writer is going to touch this afterwards because in my opinion like how fucking scared are any writer to want to touch this like if to continue this to to take what they did with the joker specifically and like and and keep on doing it in the comics um i'm trying to think of who else did something similar uh i mean i don't think they've done anything with the joker like that but other characters who maybe they've like it's a huge change to, to give the Joker a new origin, to add on something like that he has a child, is a massive change. So the reason yeah. why I want to recount for myself is because I don't know yet where I stand. Do I love that part or do I not? I think I'm leaning right now, to be honest with you. I kind of fucking love that part. Well, be- I just want to let you know, you uh, we accept mail-ins, so you can you know, <laughs> mail it in or email it. Can, we'll be fine with well, that. Well, you, you can... Maybe maybe you can mail yours after I uh, submit mine and see uh, if uh, anything I say. Uh, well, how do I know that mine's being counted correctly and in favor of what I'm saying? Though, is my thing. It it know? could be fraudulent. Right. Because what you're gonna do is you're gonna wait to count everybody else's first, and then you, then you're gonna count my mail in, 
And then anyone, anyone's could have their sticky commie fingers on that. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I think, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like at a crossroads right now with, um, I think I'm going to like this if someone has the fucking balls to actually do something with what Jeff Johns put on the table. But my fear is that no one's going to have the balls to touch that. That's just too crazy. I, I agree with you. It's so crazy that like, you know, you got 30 years of a certain way of doing things and now you got somebody coming and saying, this is how you're going to do it now. I mean, he's not saying that because they they very, yes. very clearly said that this could be taken as killing joke where you don't have to treat it as canon. It could be yeah. its own self-contained. So they're smart as far as saying that. But um, let's say at some point, if they get a decent or I don't want to say decent, if you get a great writer that has the balls to touch this shit, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I'll read that. So I'm still um, on the fence. I love it. Do I hate it? I agree it? with you there. Totally. Like, you could look at, at Alan Moore's Killing Joke and say, all right, I can go from here, you know, a hundred different ways. But this one, I don't know. Right. If you got the balls to take on this, but yeah. good luck. I, I, don't, I don't think it will. I don't like thinking that this was done. And then it's just going to stay this way and, and you just throw yeah. it away. Because right now, if you don't do anything with it, you're throwing it away. So yeah. so if there's no artist out there who has the balls to do something with it, like I don't feel like it's going to impact anything. So I want somebody who we tr- – I want someone that's fucking crazy enough to make it good and do something crazy. Like Joker's Daughter is an example of garbage. Like yes, that's garbage, and it was done terribly. And it's it, the way it, it it's no one talks about that character, no one cares about that character, and the idea or the concept was weird and crazy, and people like upsold that book. But this cannot turn into that, and I hope it doesn't. And and either touch it and do it well, or don't fucking touch it at all. Yeah, you know, don't 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 disrespect this kind of like. uh opportunity by doing something half-assed just don't fucking touch it don't touch it if you don't think you're going to do a good job if you don't think it's going to be as good as what it can be just don't even try you know be take but it that's serious. the way i feel about the killing joke and and even the you know a lot of people feel about Watchmen. just don't touch it oh doomsday clock yeah oh, and and the dark knight returns for that matter don't well just, yeah i mean don't, you can don't touch yeah. it right well dark knight returns i mean I think that it was Dark Knight Returns is great because it happens. You could say it happens so far into the future that yeah. you don't have to kind of touch it. You know, um, this stuff feels though, like it feels it, like it happens. You know, now in 2020. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, that's where I, that's where I'm at. Robin, yeah. your thoughts. Yes, please. So, OK, I'm going to focus just on the end of the story, because that's where uh, for most people it seemed to. Uh, go off the rails for them and it didn't for me and that is largely because of the nuances of what happened or didn't happen and the meaning behind the things that happened or didn't happen uh for one i was glad that they didn't go with some crazy big ending like everybody's dead and this on the the (laughs) whole city blew up and Alfred's dead again and mm. Commissioner Gordon is dead again and they didn't do any of that crazy stuff and I don't know if you guys saw the leaks after the first book came out there were supposed leaks like the what were yeah. reported to be leaks online that said that by the end of the story 
Jason Todd was going to be the new Joker and he was going to re-cripple Barbara. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't see that. Ridiculous. So glad I didn't see that. So those were online, so I'm glad that those didn't happen. But part of me always wondered right from the time that I saw those, did Jeff Johns in some Machiavellian plot leak those rumors himself Mm. to put people off the scent of what would really happen? Mm, I like this. But anyway, so we talked about the, for some people, the end of this changed the killing joke canon for Joker. And for me, it didn't because it didn't change what set Joker off and gave him that one bad day because he doesn't know that Mm -hmm. his wife was just put into protective custody to, to be kept away from him. He, he believes that his pregnant wife was killed in an accident in their home. That didn't change. The only thing that changed is that we, we now know that that isn't the case. And Batman has known that all along. And for, so that's really the joke is on the Joker. And the Joker would think that's hilarious. If he mm. did find that out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pinteresting. Um, going further than that, uh, I want to go on to the Joe Chill thing. And yeah, I don't need any changes to Joe Chill. Uh, I, I like that... Uh, We've seen over the years little hints of, oh, did Joe Chilia, was he really hired to kill the Waynes because of who yeah. they were, and it was meant to look like it was just some random crime? I like that we stuck with, uh, this story stuck with, it was just them, He it it happened to be them, but he he recognized them, he knew who they were, he knew where the, they were these rich people and, and just killed them anyway. But uh, going to the end... The reason why the Joe Chill stuff worked with me is I like the idea that the Joker who was really orchestrating this whole thing, because part that we glossed over was that this one of the Jokers who was, you know, either the second or the third one that was created by the original, this was his idea to make a better Joker and that, well, we can use Joe Chill. He'll he'll be the best Joker. But it was the original Joker who said, no, fuck that. That, that, that was never my plan. But I let him use that because that put that put us in this situation where I forced Batman to forgive the man who killed his parents and created him. I made him find it in himself to heal that wound so I can be the biggest wound in his heart. And I'm and he says, you know, I I want to be your biggest hurt and I'm going to hurt you. Mm. And that's after, you know, he, he tells Batman that after forcing him to, to make that choice to to put it aside and save Joe from him. And the, then allowing himself to be taken as as usual and then revealing why he did all of this to Batman. For, for me, that means a lot. Like I I like the implications of Joker concocting something so clever that he forced Batman to overcome what made him who he is so that he can be what makes Batman who he is now. That's why I love doing this because we always get stuff that I didn't think about. And there's a thing I, I can't lay out everything. Maybe the next time we talk to Jay, we'll see how much of this he's willing to put out. But uh, right after minutes after I read uh, issue three, I was messaging Jay to, to, pick his brain about something I had noticed 
So uh, what we saw, what we noticed in the very end when we see the flashback of Joker's wife being put onto that train to go be put in you know, protective custody where, you know, in Alaska. So she's getting on the train and there's a gentleman, you know, attendant, whatever he is, is uh, holding her luggage as she gets on. And if you look closely at the luggage, there are initials oh, yeah. on the luggage. Yeah. There's a JW. So what I immediately started picking Jay's brain about. Now, I, I will say that Jay would not confirm that this was the case. And uh, it's up to him if he thinks he's allowed to discuss the possibility of names uh, when we speak to him next. But the first thing that I started asking him about was, okay, this is JW. Is Does this mean that Joker's wife was a Wayne? Was this her luggage and she was a Wayne? And this is why she had the ability to be put into protective custody for the rest of her life Whoa. because she had the connections of a Wayne? Or was Joker a Wayne? Oh, God. And we didn't know. Now, I feel like the the idea of his wife being a Wayne would potentially be, you know, a, a cooler way to, to look at things. But, um, yeah, but so, so far as we know, neither of those are the case. Uh, you, I, I'm not breaking any news here that, you know, I was told one or either of them are are a Wayne. That's that's not the case. That was just something I spitballed to Jay and he said he liked the theories, but that wasn't what they were doing. Okay. I um, like that it's it's a conspiracy kinda like how um Arthur Fleck believes that he is uh Thomas Wayne's son. Yeah. And Joker. And uh as far as uh yeah that whole thing of Bruce knowing that joker's wife was really alive all this time and that the you know the the child was eventually born and all that i think having that mirror between because we've always had the idea come up in comics that joker does know batman's identity he just doesn't care because that's not what he's interested in and i like having that mirror image that Batman has always known what Joker's real name is, but it doesn't matter because it's not going to change what Joker does. You know, it's not yeah. going to change what he did and it's not going to change what he does next. So having that them mirror each other that way where they both do know who each other are, but they're not going to reveal it to anyone else. They both have their own reasons for that. Just that, that mirror image. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Mm. yeah um robin out of your uh, canadian canuck rating system what would you say as far as story uh i'm going to go out of 10 and i'm because i like those nuances in the end so much i'm going a nine wow okay wildly high um gonna need to recount probably on that but you know that's your prerogative and we're not gonna force anything on you mm -hmm. um that would be assault so, uh, yeah, you, you know, have to, I have to count my ballot, have to count that ballot. Exactly. All, all, all votes matter. All votes matter. Um, yeah, I'm surprised at, uh, how we kind of all, uh, collectively, I mean, okay, let's average that out. Let's go. We got sixes and a nine. So we're probably sitting pretty at like a seven, huh? 
Um, yeah. Seven and a half, probably. I don't do math. I don't, that's, that's why I got into what I do. So I don't have to do math. That's why I don't count ballots. Well, hold but, on. Um, what, what were the numbers? So we had a nine, what, two sixes? I said three, so three out of five. So I guess. Yeah, so that, that, comes, that comes to six out of ten. And then, uh, Tom, what did you give? I, I am withholding. I, I had okay. a mail-in ballot, so it's not in yet. <laughs> okay, so, so if, 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 we're just, if we're just taking that, that's 21 out of 10 right now. We're a uh, blackjack. Oh. All right. I mean, um, I think we've been pretty fair all around. I don't think that we've, and no one is, I think everyone's kept the motion out of it, which is good. Always and good and this is one of those cool things that I always say this. I feel like the best stories are the ones that are divisive. Like we've, we've right. been talking about them all night here. Uh, you don't get much more divided than Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns. You know, there are yeah, so many right. people who hate Killing Joke. There are people who hate Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, Alan uh, Moore included. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Alan Moore hates everything. He, yeah. he, he hates what he had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny to me, like, uh, you know, back, getting back to Killing Joke, like the thing with Barbara and all that, like, that's the thing that happens in this country, at least on a daily basis. You know, unfortunately, very unfortunate, very sad. But you know, like to 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 for that, for me, for that realism, I'm a big true crime guy. For for that realism to make its way into comic books, I, I thought you know was was it really you know it stayed with me. But I I, I you know. I, Years later, thirty years later, people don't you know they don't like it or they they see Barbara as a as a tool or whatever. I'm like, uh, you know, rape and, and sexual assault you know happens every day in this country. I mean, it, yeah, you know, it's really disgusting and sad. And uh, uh, you know, just to see it make its way in, in comic books was was you know, that much more impactful, in my mm. opinion, anyway. And I I will I I feel obligated to point out that that's one of one of the big arguments of the events of killing joke is you have the people divided on whether joker raped barbara or not yes and i i feel uh obligated to point out i've i've already pointed out on the show but when uh dc put out that absolute edition of the killing joke what last year or the year before that includes Alan Moore's original script. Uh, I feel it's important to point out that at no point in his script does he say Joker, you know, draw Joker killing, uh, raping Barbara or make yes. it look like he raped Barbara or suggest or hint that he nowhere in there does it say anything about it. So I, I think that I think that puts the argument to rest that it wasn't there. People are just connecting their own dots uh in my well, mind yeah, i appreciate absolutely. you pointing that out robin i also don't appreciate the fact that you're making a blanket statement like that and for that reason you are now canceled ah, <laughs> again sean um, murphy canceled me last time now i got it again uh all right so i think yeah i i mean if you take what we just said which you know take it or leave it we're basically saying that uh yeah, we're I mean, idiots. Who cares what we think? You know? Right. But, but like even even so. with our critiques, we're saying that we pretty much favored this book overall. Like the art, 100%, regardless of the story, is going to save this thing for you. But yeah. I don't think we were that bad on the – we weren't that harsh on the, on the story as much as I thought we were going to be. So there you go. It's not a bad book if you count our decision. But um, moving along, 
we got uh, as this book is coming out, we have Joker War that has been kind of been built up for a bit. Um, this is kind of Tynan's run on Batman coming up to its boiling point, to its summit, and uh, he's going to continue on writing Batman. But this is definitely like the biggest thing he's done so far. I would say in his career, wouldn't you say? Um, the fact that he's getting to write Batman as it yeah. comes into issue 100 is pretty huge for a writer. And the um, the thing that I love about James getting here is how long we've been reading his work. Right. And you know, from the the years that he was writing backups in Scott's Batman run, and he was writing backups in Scott's All Star Batman, and then he was he wrote Detective at the beginning of Rebirth and. Uh, justice league dark he's been doing all these other things and it's like we were really seeing him climb that ladder all the way up to to doing you know the the big show right um i think that it also has to be said that he did i think for whoever wrote or whoever read it would agree that everyone really really liked his detective run um not just us but also just in general i feel like he had gotten a lot of praise for his detective run. he would he basically turned detective comics into a team bat book um which was cool and uh you know he finally was reusing Azrael. we will we will not discuss how Azrael had a man bun and we're not going to hold that against <laughs> him but um Azrael was in the book he was being used clayface was fucking cool in that book too clayface was used very interestingly uh, kind of turned into a good guy for a bit before uh, spoilers. Didn't he fucking die in that book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Bat Batwoman killed him, right? Right. So, oh yeah, Batwoman was a bitch in that book too. I forgot about that. <laughs> and uh, um, for me, that James's run, James's run on Detective was the best Detective had been since probably Paul Dini's run. Yeah, it was good. Um, and it sadly came to an abrupt end. Um, why was it? Is it was it because uh, what was what was the reason why they took him off that book? I don't recall. Mm-hmm. It's because they, I think, to put um, Gleese or to put Tomasi and Doug Mankey on it. But I don't remember why. Was it? I think to do with the fact that they were changing up the writers on Batman as well. I think. Yeah, it it might have been because he was going over to Batman. I yeah, I don't remember. I would have to check out the timeline again. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, you can't complain about Doug Mankey doing art for Detective Dude. Comics at all. So can't really complain about that too much. Anyways, um, he has taken over for Tom King after Tom King stepped away to work on movie stuff to also work on uh, finishing up Bad Cat as a separate book outside of the main Batman run. And uh, he has been joined on art off and on by uh, Tony Daniel, uh, Gulliam March, or Julian, I don't know, I don't know if say Gwilym. Gwilym. sorry. Um, I think James went over to Justice League Dark. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, so he was doing that for a while, uh, and that was a team book. I mean, it is a team book, duh. But he was doing that with the Upside Down Man. Uh, he created that character on there, which I think is still being used in Justice League Dark. Um, so then he came over to Batman, and I think, like Robin was saying, he'd been kind of like a protege for Snyder's for a while. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I think, was, I think he was one of Scott's students. Yeah, so Snyder has been kind of like. Uh, you know, prepping him up for this position, which was pretty cool to see him go from that to the full-fledged Batman writer. Um, anyhow, we, uh, oh yeah, so we were saying 
George Jorge Jimenez, uh, Tony Daniel, as well as William March have kind of um, flipped back and forth between handing off uh, art duties. And uh, I, I mean, I read from, I want to say prepping for this. Let me see here. 93, 94, all the way, or 84, oh my god, no, 85, when did he jump on, 85? Uh, uh, yes, 85 I, or 86. 85, 86. 85, okay, so um, I think I read as far back as that to kind of get ready for all this, because that was when, that was when, um, what's it called, um, what's the, what's the villain's name, um, designer, it's kind of when, um, uh, the city of Bane kind of ended and the Tinian run took over. Then he took on this whole thing where this character designer is basically talking about how he has this grand uh, conspiracy where at one point he took in Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman. Was Joker involved in this as well? I think he was. Yeah. And the yeah. whole plan was um, he would take the power away from the um, – about, away from the uh, what do you call it the powers that be the politicians he'd give it to the penguin um, Riddler would become the smartest man in that sense um, Catwoman would become the richest woman and then I forgot what Joker's end of the deal was um, long story short Joker turns out to be the one oh, I'm spoilers by the way just so you guys are aware you guys are okay with spoilers right yeah yeah sure. long story short turns out the designer was just a front and was like what was he like a fucking zombie or some shit well that, that- that was by the end originally uh the designer was you know really when batman deals with designer it's it's not really him you know it's just that corpse but originally in the beginning of tynan's run that that designer we saw there was really him it was really this you know brilliant super criminal from you know a, a a prior era Okay. Um, Joker turns out to kind of undercut the whole plan. And what he does is he creates this grand scheme that puts everything into motion to where he knows that at some point Catwoman is going to try to undo the plan that they had created with designer. So she tried to play hero and steal all the millions from Bruce Wayne to her. So that way she'd retain it. And as she is right now, Batman's love interest, she would retain it for the greater good. But what Joker ends up doing is, um, he messes with the uh, the accounts and is able to then get all the money put into him. So then he becomes fucking this multi-million, this billionaire. So now Joker has Bruce Wayne's billions. Um, Joker is now in complete control of everything. And then uh, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman are now forced to hide out while Joker wages this insane war against Batman and Gotham using Batman's own money against him. Um, it's as if Bernie takes over and uses everything against uh, Trump. It's amazing. Anyways, um, not, amazing. not to say that Bernie's the Joker, but I'm sure people would love that I'm saying that. But um, yeah, anyways, crazy fucking story. Joker's taken over. Joker pulls out a full-fledged war. Um, Joker also fills up the Monarch Theater with a bunch of Jokers. Um, he's going to release a gas. He's going to release the toxins while everyone watches the Mark of Zorro uh, to recreate like everyone dying in Gotham and recreating the trauma of Bruce Wayne. Um, that's the general zest of the story. And I can't remember how the issue of 100 ends. I know we're going to spoil a little bit. Um, oh, it also shows how Joker now has access to all the little mini caves that Batman has throughout Gotham City. 
and um, uh, something that that he does that's crazy. Robin, did you read this far? Yes. So there's that chrome suit that they don't know where it came from. They thought that Bruce put it there, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the Joker was the one that I, I assume that now after reading it, oh, Joker fucking put it there. So then he could create his own suit to fight Batman in. Um, so that chrome suit that everyone was losing their minds of thinking that that would be the new bat suit um, that looks very similar to Batman and Robin's third act. Uh, what's his name? George Clooney suit. turns out that it's not the real bat suit. That's just kind of like a uh, prototype that Joker ends up stealing. Teases, what ends up happening at the end of issue 100? Because I don't even remember if I got that far. I'm actually at 99. All right. So fuck 100. Anyways. Um, <laughs> well, well, one thing, you know, we we were talking about the unfortunate uh nature of three jokers and joker war coming out at the same time and both having a very similar monarch theater scene there's another one of those that happens in joker war that granted they're not at the same time but it echoes back to curse of the white knight as we see this is spoiler alerts if you guys want to plug your ears because you haven't read it yet um harley saving the day Oh, yeah. Shooting Joker in the face. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that Harley's a huge part of this whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley and Punchline, the new Joker yeah. girlfriend. They're always constantly going back and forth. But um, I'll say this much. Obviously, we haven't invested a lot into the story because there's so much going on outside of it with, you know, White Knight, like Rob mentioned, uh, with three Jokers. Um, I personally haven't really given a fuck about anything but three Jokers. I've kind of just been thinking of that and then um you know catching up on other things but um i gotta say this uh jorge jimenez's artwork in this book Mm. is fucking great um he's been killing it since he was on super sons then he was on justice league with scott snyder if you haven't read either of those books those books are dope uh specifically because his artwork is so awesome and he's extremely stylized he's got his very own unique style that he does that is uh um i mean it's I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. You can't really, cause it's kind of his own thing, but it's kind of like, there's like a genre of, of, of books out there that it's almost like, um, I don't want to say like anime. anime? Yeah. Oh, yes. I was thinking yeah, that. Sort of there, yeah. Kind of and, uh, Jorge's another one of the guys, um, the colorist he's working with for, I think the entirety of this Batman run is, uh, Tomo Mori. I never know if I say his name right, but he's a, super cool guy uh but the two of them they're both excellent and their styles uh complement each other so well too and maury's another one of those guys like his work with clay man as well look just looks amazing but these these two guys together are similar to what we were saying about uh jay and brad it they work so great together really really have to give mass to prop to that team because uh it just it looks great the fucking artwork is great the angles are great um there specifically i think on uh 98 on issue 98 there's a scene where batman is dropping into right in front of the theater that i put up on my stories because it looks i will fucking want a poster of that then the next panel is batman walking kind of like a low angle looking up at him walking into the theater that looks fucking amazing um so okay artwork as far as that book phenomenal also have to throw a huge shout out to teases boy uh william march um because i've been looking and i'm sure everybody else has i've been looking for a replacement to ethan van skyver's work 
because as much of a shitbag as that guy is, in my personal opinion, I got to give it to him that he's I loved his art. OK, and it's hard to support someone that you don't really appreciate anymore. So I'm like, fuck, man, you know, got to fill that hole somewhere. That's what she said. Um, mm-hmm. And this Gulliam, I feel like, has been just getting better and better. And in my opinion, if he continues on in that direction, he's going to be, in my opinion, like kind of like a new Van Skyver that you can call upon for not just this, but like, you know, a big event book that needs to have like 12 issues done and you want consistency on it. So you put, and this you can call it. upon him for not being a super douche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like his, this guy's uh, headed in that direction. Yeah. His covers have been really dynamic and really unique. And, uh, to me, what I'm reading, I think his, uh, his splash pages are really unique and, you know, it kind of reminds me of, I could tell, like, he grew up liking Todd McFarlane because you see him and what he does for Batman um, with these splash pages are really unique. And it's just not what you see nowadays. So that's definitely one of my favorite aspects of him. And, uh, you know, he, he's a good, humble guy. And um, yeah. he has a different, unique, you know, I know it's not for everyone, but he has a... Um, a unique look to Batman, especially like, you know, you see definition in his, uh, in his chin and structured. It's like a very strong over the top looking Batman, but overall I, I'm really liking what's going on. And I feel like, you know, with that new run, like, like, uh, Tom said before him and Jorge, Jorge, um, going back and forth, I think has really, uh, saved this run to where, where we were at before 85. So, yeah, I hope it and, continues, you know. And uh, j- just to oh, point out, a stab, what, Jesus? what was that? I'm sorry, what was, was that? that a stab? No, just a question. A stab to what? Where we before uh, at the previous or? writer of uh, Batman. um, no, no, I think Tom King, you know, he went, he had his run, man. That was what 85 issues, and um. Again, I think a lot of people had gripes after uh, issue number fifty. You're not being one of them. Um, yeah, no, I would say you know we we all invest a lot of time and money and audible guests. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do I do want to point out before we uh, finish talking about Guillen Mark that uh, he's not he didn't just come on the scene either. You know sure. he's been doing great work for a long time. Right, yeah, he he had a big run in a uh, new fifty two. He 52 did Catwoman, Catwoman, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I feel like he's getting his due right now, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we I we think, would have had him on the show yeah. by now, but uh, it's that language barrier thing. He isn't uh, confident enough in his English to be in a setting where he's you know talking to a group of people in English for an hour. Right, I can translate in Spanish. I get pull a trans. We didn't. Who we do that with? We translated for somebody. Uh, might have been uh, Jorge Fornes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was he 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 did pretty well. But he, I think he was a little more confident in in his English. Right. Um, Tony Daniel also has been on some of the art with this. Not as consistent as the other two, I would say, but definitely doing uh, covers early on and also doing some interiors early on. Tony Daniel, you're either going to love him or you hate him, I feel like. I feel like Tony Daniel's been along for a long time. Um, his art, and it's weird. I feel like he's kind of changed his style a little bit. Oh, for and, 
I think people I, people who were used to him liked him a lot more before, and since he's changed his style now, people don't like that. So I think that's why people have kind of yeah. shied away from yeah, him. Yeah, that that might be what it is. Uh, I I would have to say like I strongly prefer his work from like back when he was on uh, on his uh, run with uh, it was Morrison, right? That yeah. uh, that yes. he was in the yard on. Yeah, like I I loved his work there. You know, I think it feels yeah, like. He might have been told by somebody that he's doing like too much of a David Finch impression or something, or maybe a Jim Lee impression, and maybe he like started changing things to stand out a little bit more. Maybe that's yeah. what happened. Cause... He, he should have said, "Fuck you, I'm Tony Dan." Yeah, yeah, because yeah. hey, man, not a bad thing to go after those guys. Mm-hmm. So, it was a noticeable um, change from the from the Morrison run, and then he did. A, I think he had a detective run later with Dick yeah. Grayson or something as Batman. It's been a noticeable change ever since. Yeah, which is yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're not going to bash the guy. He he had some. No. He has, he's done some great work, so yeah. you got to give him props there. And no, he's not a um, the fact, the fact that he's, he's on not, Batman. In, in in my opinion, I feel like um, his interiors are very consistent, but when I start seeing his covers, I feel like they're not my favorite. But overall, I feel like as an artist, his his interiors really helped Tom King's run at the end. Mm. it's weird because you think that sometimes they put more time into a cover um than they do the interiors but maybe it's who knows anyways um if you're gonna pick up the batman run i suggest you definitely do so for uh julian and jorge jimenez's art because they are now getting the due they deserve the respect they deserve because uh the art is just great um yeah and um yeah so I think that's pretty much, I mean, I don't think we can give it a full-fledged uh, rating because we're not 100% finished. I mean, ballots and votes are still coming in on this one. So we got we to gotta <laughs> hold off on the rating. But artwork alone, I think we all agree that the art's been great. Yeah. For sure. Yes. All right. And uh, I, do, I do I do, I do want to point out that I keep seeing the Grumpler's uh, microphone be muted here, and that uh, counts as voter suppression. <laughs> I hope you can't have that. <laughs> uh, I mean, some people might prefer that. You don't know. It just depends. Yeah, I'm um, sure some people. I, do. I, I thought we were going to have to mute his mic a lot more, but I'm surprised that, that uh, <laughs> he's actually more in line than what we thought. Grums, what do you think of the end of Three Jokers? Mute. <laughs> oh, it seems like we lost him. I went in on a, I went for a tortilla chip run. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that is that's pretty much four Jokers right there. You got the three Jokers from Jeff Johns and uh, Jason Fabic, and then you got the Joker War. So three plus one if you carry the two. That is uh, that is four right there. Um, recount. Recount. <laughs> we uh, we got some amazing. Oh, first off, we have some amazing. If you have not listened to some of the last few months worth of episodes. Um, we just have phenomenal fucking guests on there that you got to get on there and listen to, uh, Sean Murphy, Jason Fabic, Brad Anderson, um, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones, Collins, holy Mateo Scalera, Kevin Altieri, Ben Temple Smith. Oh my God. Yeah. We've had a good quarantine. Um, yeah, that, and, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that we, we mentioned that and, um, Teases, we got some deals running right now that we need to talk about, oh, just at least yeah. to get the list. Funny you said that. I was going to try to just jump in. I, I meant to 
meant to do it more naturally, but you know, I'm getting a little tired right now. Thinking <laughs> I might go into the, the uh, kitchen and maybe grind up some coffee. Wish I had some coffee that would maybe fall in line with what I need. What do you think I should try? Bones coffee. Bones coffee. Uh, I I have a delicious blend. I think it's called um, chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip from Outer Space. Oh, mint, nice. mint Invaders, I believe you have. There it is. Mint nice. Invaders from Outer Space. And uh, I thought it sounds kind of weird at first, but if you try <laughs> it with little bit of a little bit of vanilla, mostly black with just a little bit of vanilla to cut it, it's fucking amazing. Um, what's the and this code works to- because if you're doing like social distancing and you can't make it to your favorite uh, high-end coffee shop, you can there have you high-end coffee at home. Right. What's what's the code that they barista? Uh, the code I believe is bat the bat force fifteen. Um, and that's for fifteen percent off your order. So, yeah, you know, twenty twenty has been really um, overall. It's been good for the team. You know, we've had some amazing guests and we've had some really good sponsors too. So, uh, sponsorship wise, we've partnered up with uh, Loom Cube. I know a lot of our followers have seen us, um, you know, promote the Jim Lee bag at Hex. Well, who else do we have? We have you uh, know, I'm glad that you're shining uh, some light. And villains. Heroes yeah. and villains who actually just keeps dropping more and more bat teas yeah. um, every week. So there's a promo code for that, too. There's I believe it's uh, the Bat Force 15. So, yeah, if anybody out. If anybody wants to hit the link in our bios, we have those uh, promo codes also up there on the uh, link tree in the Bat Force. So if uh, you just click on the links, those links will actually automatically put those codes if you use the links into checkout. Uh, makes it easier. But like uh, Teaser said, we got the Bones Coffee, which is delicious and tasty and good for you. Uh, we got the Loom Cube. Even if you don't use lighting like like a photographer would or anything, if you're if it's late at night, you don't want to bother the uh, the wife or the husband or whatever it is that you sleep with at night um if you don't want to wake them up you got a nice little little loom cube panel little loom cube light that you can turn on to yeah. read in the bed and and if um, you're doing those uh zoom calls for work because you're working from yes. home so yeah 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 good for that too you need the light Boy, to kind of face there you go mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah so lot lots of stuff that we're and to be honest with you uh, if you guys use, if you buy that stuff and you support it it actually supports us because we get a little kickback from some of those yes. items and uh, it just, you know, it helps support the podcast. We haven't figured out what to do with it yet. We'll figure it out. But uh, I'm thinking, like, if we save up enough money, we could probably get everybody, like, a nice, decent mic um, to start, you know. So everyone has, like, the same mic or a similar mic. So we're all kind of rocking the the sick gear, which makes the podcast better because we sound better. So Or we could just use that money on, like, booze and hookers or something. We haven't figured it out. <laughs> um, either way, thank you guys for supporting. But uh, anybody else have anything? Any last parting words? In reference to uh, Loom Cube, we, uh, Grumps and Gramps uh, special edition show, we had our, our first winner in September uh, at Eric Studded, and uh, you know, we, we did uh, the October show um, last week, so we, we announced a new winner on that show for, her, for her. the month of October. So so they get, uh, they get uh, Loom Cube lights gifted to them? Um, yeah. yeah, they get a gift. Yeah, really no more cool peeing gift. in the dark for them. Yeah, no, no more <laughs> peeing in the dark. You know, no more toy photography in the dark. So, yeah, good plug yeah. on the Grumps and Gramps show. It is uh, yeah. exclusive to YouTube, so get on there for that. 
And then if you, uh, you know, for whatever reason, have a hard time listening to us on Spotify or uh, iTunes or SoundCloud, we have the episodes up on YouTube as well. So tell your friends. All right. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. I think uh, Bad Force over and out. Get those votes in. Uh, get your comics in. Don't let the don't let them get stuck in the mail. All right, boys. <laughs> Later.